Coming to you from the HagmanReport.com studio. Located in the Keystone State, birthplace of a mighty nation, it's your host, Doug Hagman. And welcome to Hagman. It is the Hagman Report for today. It's Friday, May 27th, 2022. How time flies. Seems like just yesterday. <laughs> Eric the Tech. How, how are you, Eric the Tech? You doing well? Doing good. All right. Ready for the uh, long weekend? Yeah. All right. There we go. Uh, we're going to be working. In, actually, we're going to be doing uh, some operations in the field this weekend. No, not the back 40, but the... Uh, uh, some, uh, you know, I've got I've got to say a lot of good good things about about the team that Russ had left uh, fighting human and child sex trafficking. The the fact that uh, you're going to be hearing more about this and, and about this reconstitution, this re uh, uh, rebuilding of Russ's team. It's it's, uh, it's really great. Uh, I've got to say that. So all right. Uh, so that's this weekend. We're going to be busy again in the field. Um, and, and uh, you know, there are things that are happening behind the scenes. You know, yesterday when Steve Quayle was talking, um, it, it brought to mind something. It brought to mind when he mentioned, and he, it's somewhere in that, that interview when he mentioned about the... Uh, the satanic really ramping up and the fact that, you know, we're, we're facing that head on. We've got to understand, I think, that, that what we're looking at here is something of extreme evil, extreme evil that is really overtaking the planet, and especially the extreme evil that we're seeing here in the United States. Um, uh, Alex Jones, I think it was yesterday. I, I don't know what day it was, yesterday or the, uh, yeah, it had to be yesterday, I guess. Uh, had a really great monologue. Um, I don't know what else to call it. And this is re this relates to the school shooting in Texas and who is to blame. Because, you know, it, it's... And again, yesterday we spoke, I spoke with Steve about the fact that, okay, you know, the United States has more guns per capita than any other country, Right. And, and I do believe, if you go back in history, that's been the case. That's been the case forever. So what has changed in the United States over the last 40 years when, you know, these shootings really became prevalent? What has changed? Is it the amount of guns? No. Is it the type of weapons? No, not really. And what's changed? It's the soul of America. That's changed. So with that, Alex Jones, um, if, you, if you don't mind, Eric, the tech, let's, uh, let's listen to his. This is on band.video and other locations, but um, this is his statement about really who's to blame and, and what's, what's going on with these school shootings. I, I think he makes a lot of sense here. And again, look, I, I, I go through, I don't know, hundreds of videos and hundreds of articles a day just to bring like the most concise and the most relevant information to you. Even if it's a day or two in the past, 
it still has its relevance today, even more so, I think. And, and in one case, I'm going to go back, and let's see, almost four, uh, no, 47 years almost. Uh, I want to show you something. So stay tuned for in this segment. The, you're, you're, it, again, it's relevant to today, even 47 years ago. But anyway, this is from Alex Jones. I think it was yesterday. And this is about the shooting and really addresses this, but really encapsulates, I believe, the, um, the essence here of what is going on. Here it is. We have this terrible event, another devil worshiper, another person to shoot him up games, another person who killed his grandmother, reportedly, and then went and did this terrible thing. And now we are all told we are collectively to blame for what this devil did. But I want you to think for a moment. Gun owners are not collectively to blame. That Border Patrol agent that valiantly went in and stopped what was happening and got wounded himself isn't to blame. He's the good guy. And you're good. You didn't do this. But we are to blame for letting society become this demonic. And I'm to blame too. And let's just admit that. And God's angry about it. But you can't have the Democratic Party over here saying there's too many people, euthanize the old people. These are their policies. Kill the unborn, kill babies after they're born, harvest their organs, sexualize the children, defund the police, allow all the open-air drug markets, allow massive human smuggling of children across the border. Senate report, tens of thousands in sex slavery, many killed. And then you can't then point your finger as the real cancer that is the Democrat Party deep state controlled system and tell us where to blame. And, and we're not going to take it and we're not going to be defeated by you and you're not going to get our guns. All right. That was Alex Jones from yesterday. And, and I think, uh, uh, I, I, look, I really believe he captured the, the essence of, of the issues of the day. We have allowed this to, to, we have allowed our country, a once spiritual, moral country, and I know you can debate the, the religious uh, origins of our forefathers and the beliefs, but surely we had this moral and spiritual component to our society. That has been taken away. That has been removed, most assuredly removed by the left, but many on the right too. Look, it's a uniparty. And, and the fact that we are now at the, at the position, at the situation where this godless society reigns supreme over the land, we've allowed that to happen. The fact that we've raised not just one, but multiple generations of children without knowing, uh, without ever seeing the inside of a, of a church, without talking about God, without talking about the Bible, without praying, to believe erroneously that the Supreme Court ruled that, hey, you can't pray in school and, you know, separation of church and state, all of this. We see it manifesting in these blue-haired, pink-haired, tattooed uh, pierced, multiple pierced, fork-tongued um, people, or whatever they are, transgender um, things that we're allowing to teach our children at preschool levels, at grade school levels, and beyond. 
when has this been okay? We, we've gone from we've gone from allowing or, or, or watching uh, our students, like second, or high school students, arriving in uh, at their high schools with in their pickup trucks with a gun in the back, you know, in, in the uh, in the rack. Um, and that's okay. No, no, no one got shot. No one shot up anything. To now demonizing the very people or, or the very item, inanimate object, that is being used by the people who are spiritually bankrupt. I'm just saying, this is a truly a spiritual problem. Now, I'm not going to lecture on this. I'm just saying that, you know... Um, this week, I had the opportunity to spend some time with, uh, on, on Wednesday, I had some issues uh, uh, dealing with the uh, case and cases and such, and uh, had to provide some, uh, well, I had to do a lot of things, but I, I spent some time with with a detective, actually, a police detective, and we talked about quite a few things as we were waiting on different things, and, and um, you know, we were talking about some some shootings that happened up up in, in this area, and uh, we were talking about the fact that you know it's it's um, it's not going to stop, and it's only going to get worse. He knows that. I know that. You know that. It's only going to get worse unless unless what? Unless we cut. Unless the the entirety of the population goes back to the. It, at least this is what I think goes back to the uh, our spiritual foundations of of the god of the christian bible um do i think that's going to happen i you know i can pray it does do i think that there's going to be a revival no you know what i i hope it happens but again this is where we're at today and we allow these why we allow these people to take over our lives i i can you tell me, folks, look, I know this is not a conversation, but perhaps you can tell me, even in comments on Rumble or whatever, what can we do? What should we do? Okay, um, either individually or collectively uh, to fix this. Can this be fixed? You know, yesterday I remarked that you have to be pretty smart to get all of the questions on a test wrong. Okay. I don't know who said that. I'm not, I didn't originate that statement. I don't know who said it. I don't know, but I, I read it somewhere. And if you think about this, if you take a test, um, you've got to know the right, to get all the answers wrong, you have to know the correct answers, right? So you're pretty smart. How is it that, that the United States, for example, and all the policies are getting, is getting everything wrong? Now think about this. And this also plays out too. If you ever have seen a singer, a professional singer, try to sing off key, they've got to be pretty good in order to sing off key deliberately, okay? But I, I, I'd go back to the test example. I think that's a, a better example. Um. We're, we're getting everything wrong. And it's not by accident, it's by design. We're heading in the wrong direction. As a matter of fact, there was an article 
uh, let me see here. Uh, it was a conservative treehouse article that came out and said, hey, this was yesterday. GDP figures revised downward. U.S. economy shrinks 1.5% in the first quarter. Things are getting much worse. Okay. As if we didn't know this. But yet you'll hear in the media, uh, oh, you know what? Things are getting better. It's we're on the upswing. Jobs, job numbers are increasing. Whatever it might be, it's increasing. Well, you tell that to the families who are suffering. You tell that to the people who are uh, deciding whether to pay for a tank of gas to get to work or to to feed, you know, their family for a day or two. This is getting much worse, and it's only going to get worse. And again, I go back to this being by design. The Biden economic policy, which isn't really Biden's. I mean, if you think Joe Biden's got anything to do with this, this this guy with marbles. I mean, there's two monkeys fighting over a banana up there in his head. That, 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 that's, that's Biden. But, but this economic policy is draining our savings and bank accounts and, and increasing our personal debt just in order for us to survive. So the question in, in this conservative treehouse article, the question is, what, you know, what, what's going to come next? I'm telling you what's going to come next. The, there's, it's going to go kinetic. As a matter of fact, Eric the Tech, this is so good and I think so prescient. Do you mind if you go to um, conservative treehouse? And you find, if you navigate to GDP figures, revised downward. Um, and folks, you can do this on your own as well. There is a video at the bottom of this article talking about, uh, well, I want the video to speak for itself. Two-thirds of U.S., for example, in this, in this particular video, two-thirds of U.S., at high or elevated risk of power outages. Now, if you, the title of the article on CTH is GDP figures revised downward, U.S. economy shrinks 1.5% first quarter, things are getting much worse. So for those listening and viewing out there, that's the title of the article. And the Bureau of Economic Analysis originally calculated that the first quarter economy at a scale of negative uh, 1.4% growth, okay? But that... Um, that that figure was revised downward. That would have been yesterday, uh, with more data showing a con- uh, contracted level of consumer spending. The reason this is important, it shouldn't bore you. The reason this is important is because this is reality. This is reality for most Americans, and many of the many of the, here in America, they have no clue how bad things can get. Now think about that, especially. The demographic that we speak to, that I speak to, reasonably um, mature, uh, reasonably um, stable, well off, not well off, but you know, you know what I mean. The average, average. If there is an average, um, but you're not average. I'm talking about economically average. Um, you're above average, spiritually and intellectually, I believe. But but the the fact that this is hitting us like right now is not an accident. The fact that our gas prices are so high is not an accident, which I want to show you again. I'm going to show you something from 47 years ago, which really kind of should make you think. There's two very important 
parts to, to the, something 4070. And I found that kind of by accident. I was looking for something else. It's part of a newscast. Just wait. But what's coming next? Did you find the, the um, video at the bottom of that article? Okay. Can we play? I don't know. I, I, let's see how it's. Uh, I, I don't know how long this is. I saw it, but uh, yeah, it's like 53 seconds. Okay. Go ahead and play that video. And this, again, I I agree. They agree. This is what's going to be coming next. And we need to prepare. Here it is. A new report from the North American Electric Reliability Corporation shows two-thirds of the country at high or elevated risk of power outages this summer thanks to overworked power grids. Reliability is something that I think we have taken for granted here in America. Uh, we're pretty confident when we hit the switch that the lights are going to come on. Some regions possibly facing forced outages in coming months if grids can't handle demand. Need is up as life returns to normal out of the pandemic while electricity generation is down. Experts point to extreme weather due to climate change as a key issue, but some worry a growing dependence on less reliable clean energy sources is contributing to the grid's problems. What we're seeing now is in our push to decarbonize, uh, you're seeing certain forms of generation retire perhaps prematurely. And, and there it is. This push to decarbonize, what are we hearing all, all of the time? What are the people over in Davos, uh, in addition to, for example, the, the WHO uh, treaty? What's, what's, really the, what's the push behind this? You think gas prices um, is the result of, for example, in infl uh, inflation, corporate greed, or whatever. No, no. The gas prices, the gasoline prices and the diesel prices are a direct result of the policies of the globalists in order to make it unaffordable to drive. Well, why? Pushing you to this, um, this non-gasoline-powered um, engine. Hey, you have to use electric cars or public transportation. This is, this, this is a backdoor into our lifestyle. This is a backdoor into what we... Um, uh, to take down the, the the strongest and the best country in the world. Again, this is not Biden. You know, the two monkeys, one banana upstairs. And now, this is not Biden's policy. Biden couldn't find a. Well, you get the idea, right? These are the globalists to whom Biden uh, is, you know, get, gets propped up uh, and, and attempts to make sense. So all of this, I, I just want people to understand where this is headed. And this summer will be a critical summer with respect to the energy, uh, reliance on, on energy. That includes your heating, your air conditioning, whatever it might be. And in the West, we're, we're probably going to feel it last in the aggregate, in the entirety. But I think there will be, there will be places, locations that will suffer even before that. And that's what the, that video was talking about, uh, giving the red areas and, and the orange areas and then the, the not-so-bad areas, all right? So just keep that in the back of your mind. All right, a couple of other things before I, I get to the 47-year-ago uh, video. If you go to uh, 
American Thinker had this really, there's a really good article. I mentioned this yesterday. This article was was posted. I'm trying to think when it was. Uh, well, it's, it should be on the article. It was May 26th of 2022. So that was yesterday. All right, good. The true evil of the World Economic Forum. And again, I think reading things, this encapsulated, this encapsulates a lot. And this is written by J.B. Shirk. And he, he writes... Whenever I listen to Klaus Schwab and his Davos death cult buddies openly discuss their plans for world domination, I always think, are we really going to let another power-hungry German walk us into global conflagration? Good point. Good question. And again, folks, this is on American Thinker, and this is from yesterday. So... Um, the author continues, for a while there, I believe that Western allies had endured enough death and slaughter from the first two world wars to forge an informal understanding among themselves that uncontrolled German megalomania invariably leads to malignant outcomes for all. And, and the history that's contained in this, the, the, the at least the surface history on this about the unification of Germany and then uh, uh, dominance of all, all of Europe and such, in the European Union and everything that uh, that per, that uh, weighed out, um, well, right now, right now, we are today. We are as the world's one percent of the one percent celebrate their own magnificence in Davos and plot mankind's future without even the pretense of seeking mankind's consultation, let alone permission. The future is just not happening. Schwab proclaimed to his specter-like cabal in Switzerland. The future is built by us, meaning them, by a powerful community such as you here in this room. Well, now, Schwab, you and I, okay, have got some, uh, yeah, okay, who am I? Nobody, but uh, uh, a bunch of nobodies. We got some issues with you. Um. They've decided, as the author writes in this, to take over the planet and, and to enforce their, impose their wills against us over everyone else. By the way, who made them kings? And the origins of the World Economic Forum, don't forget where it originated. It originated, folks, you know your history, back in 1971, Henry Kissinger... That was, he's the mentor of Klaus Schwab, Henry Kissinger. Yeah, that Henry Kissinger. And a couple of others, lesser known names, started the World Economic Forum in Davos in 1971. They held their first uh, meeting in Davos in 1971, the World Economic Forum. And it has grown into this, this uh, Club of Rome-approved, whatever you want to call it, this cult um, so, writes the author, so now the world waits in trepidation to discover just what Kaiser Klaus and his new uh, nobility have in store for the rest of us. So, the, the viral pandemic, another round perhaps, Re bring a return of economic lockdowns, a rigid population control, injection mandates? Will a global cyber attack cut off the internet for billions and plunge the world into darkness? Will Green New Steel, I like that, Green New Steel socialism, exacerbate global pro uh, poverty, unleash famine, trigger mass population die-offs? 
So whatever happens next, he writes, the World Economic Forum has already gamed the situation and is ready to profit from the world's pain. In another era, and this is critically important in the scheme of things, the World Economic Forum attendees would be rounded up and put on trial for undermining the health and security of sovereign nations. And there it is. This is what we need to do, not just on a global level, but, well, on a global level, ultimately. But you know what? In our towns, in our communities, in the, in, in the West, in, in the country, we need to take action. You're going to have to decide what action you're going to take and when, when to take it. I'm telling you right now, we are not, uh, as of this platform, this house, this household, my household, and as far as I'm concerned, I am not going to allow my offspring to be subjugated by these maggots. All right. I want to quickly go to this clip because this is, again, what we're seeing today was put in motion half a century ago, longer than that. But when we talk about things, because I know the Durham investigation is getting, uh, is getting some PR, some publicity. I know the fact that the HR 350 being uh, uh, rubber stamped by the House, going to the Senate and such, being, being approved. I know the fact that we are right now at the precipice of losing all of our rights, all of our freedoms, even as I sit here and talk about this. Do we see this coming? Did anyone really see this coming? All right, I've got a video. Again, I found this kind of by accident. I was looking for something else, and uh, I remember this. That's how old I am. I remember this. I don't know if that's a good thing to admit or not, but if we go to 1125, and, and Eric the Tech, I might ask you to go like a minute before that, after the first, um, after the starting point here. This is from a newscast, NBC newscast, June 24th, 1975. Now think about this. If you're watching this on Rumble or on Brideon or on HagmanReport.com, just watch this. And if you're listening to this on any audio platform, then, then listen carefully. The graphics really, do they matter? Kind of, sort of, but the words matter. Here it is. The Justice Department gave in to congressional pressure today and made public the number of national security wiretaps installed without the authority of a legal warrant. In 1974, 148 individuals were tapped, which is a larger number than at any time since 1969, the earliest year on the list made public today. Since 1969, 656 individuals have been wiretapped without warrants in cases involving national security and foreign intelligence. Attorney General Levy made these disclosures in a letter today to Senator Edward Kennedy. Levy said in the letter that these were all legal wiretaps. And here's what Kennedy said. I think during the period of the last couple of years, we've seen where there has been a dramatic abuse of the power of governmental agencies. And infringing on the rights and liberties of American citizens in the whole area of a wiretapping. And I'm very hopeful now that with this information that has been made available uh, to the Judiciary Committee, 
and plus what is really most important, uh, the decision by the Attorney General to testify before uh, the Judiciary Committee, hopefully in uh, July or no later uh, than uh, September on this particular issue, that we can fashion legislation which will ensure the protection of our national security and also the preservation of individual liberty. In his letter today, the Attorney General recalled that the practice of wiretapping without warrants in national security cases was first authorized by President Roosevelt in 1940. Yesterday, well, no. Frank okay, this does go on, and the link will be in the program description box at HagenReport.com. I found it very interesting, too. Right before that, there was a commercial for um, oil drilling. And um, th this is when America still had some semblance of energy independence, or, or at least uh, in 75, not so much, but you get the idea. In other words, we weren't reliant on, um, well... I want to be careful what I say or be accurate what I say. We were relying on, on uh, like OPEC and such, but but the fact is we, we were still drilling. We were still looking. We were still exploring. And right before that, there was a commercial. I think it was from Shell or Exxon uh, talking about the lines that they drilled. You know, the, the, the um, exploration they did in 1969, for example, uh, was it was actually paying off or, or the uh, drilling, exploration, then drilling and, and taking the oil from the ground was being realized in 1974 and the newscasters or the uh, the narrator said you know perhaps what is drilled in 1974 will fuel the vehicles of the 1980s and if you think about that how long it takes but, but some of the shortcuts now now again we've got these climate uh, knuckleheads out there saying well you know what you, you've got to cut your carbon footprint down and that, that's the basis for our enslavement that's what they're talking about in Davos right now. But about the wiretaps, I'm going to get back to that. Think about this. There was outrage over 148 people in the country, 148 people who had their wires tapped. And there was outrage that six years, over a period of six years, it was disclosed. Think about this. That's 656 people were wiretapped without warrant. Compare that to today. Now, what was the reaction back then? A sternly worded letter by Edward. By the way, did anyone look at that and say, what party is that? I mean, were you confused? Or, or a little bit like, you know, what, what universe is this? I guess maybe you might have to be as old as I am to to really appreciate the irony here. But the fact that uh, it was disclosed back then, 656 warrantless wiretaps, and look at it today. Why did I play that? Obviously, you know, with all the headlines the Durham reports getting with respect to, now that involved the FISA warrants and such, that, that involved all of this. We were supposed to have fixed that back after the church committee. It's not fixed. There are unelected bureaucrats that are in charge of of these intelligence communities that are lying their asses off, that are that are really um, <laughs> abusing the rights of all Americans. So that, that's what we're seeing today. You see, it starts small. It starts with that that uh, 148 number, and, and left unchecked, it continues. Does it get any better? No. 
Does it get worse? Absolutely. That's why we have to, at this point, decide to act. And we have to decide how to act and decide who our targets are. And targets, in this sense, meaning subjects of interest, people of interest. Okay, I'm not talking about hard targets militarily. No, I'm talking about the, the focus, the focal points. Who is behind all of this? And what are we going to do about this? Lest you think that I'm talking about something more uh, nefarious. I'm not. But we have to act because talking will not do it. Voting, we, we have seen, just like Pennsylvania, voting, uh-uh. Sternly worded letters, not going to cut it. We have to act. And you know, Doug Weed, I, he's a, a presidential historian. I, I, I talked to him one time. And I was, we were talking about something and something about trying. And, I, and he said, try? What's this try business? Don't try. Just do it. Motivational speaker, presidential historian, Doug Weed. He's right. Just do it. All right. With me right now is Austin Brower. Hey, Austin, it's been a while since you've been on. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, uh, on this Friday, let's uh, the Memorial Day Friday, Memorial Day weekend, long weekend, too. Uh, let's hit this hard and let's really talk about uh, the things that matter. And I'm going to cut you loose. You've been in the, I'll tell you what, by the way, folks, yeah, proper introduction of Austin Brower, healthmasters.com. All right. If you're not getting your nutritional supplements from Healthmasters, you're, you're making a mistake. They've got the best stuff on the planet. They do. I'm going to tell you right now, you know, uh, I can't make any medical claims. I'm not going to make any medical claims. But when I started taking their supplements, my numbers, my blood numbers, uh, really, I got to tell you, they got a lot better in a lot of different areas. My wife, too. So go to healthmasters.com. Use coupon code HR5, promo code, whatever you want to call it, and get your nutritional supplements. And do it now while you still can, because I have a feeling... In the not-so-distant future, you're going to see a breakdown in the supply, it, even more than you're seeing right now. You're going to see the imposition of some sort of insane uh, prohibition against uh, the shipment or the sale of supplement, natural supplements in favor of the, the big pharma. You're going to see a lot of things happen that you thought would never happen. So do it now while you still can. Stock up. Be prepared. Go to healthmasters.com. HR5 is the coupon code with that, Austin. Take it away, brother. Oh, thank you, Doug. It's great to be on the show as always. There's definitely no doubt about it. There's uh, been a lot of weird things happening. And there's one thing that I kind of want to get out of there first thing. There's a lot of different topics I want to talk about that's going on this week. But, you know, I've been bringing up the topic of, you know, diesel fuel, diesel trucks over the last couple months, kind of giving people a heads up on what we see the markets doing because I've been involved heavily in the diesel industry for years with trucks, with aftermarket trucks, with all types of different factors in the automotive industry. And there's been something that a lot of people haven't really been looking at and talking about, and it's called DEF fluid. And what it is, is it's urea that's been required to put in the new diesel trucks. Back in 2008, Congress basically came in, in 2007, actually, Congress came in and allowed the EPA to come in and start arbitrarily deciding what every single manufacturer had to do with their vehicles. And they came in and mandated in 2008 that all diesel trucks had to have what was called a DPF, a diesel particulate filter. 
when they first put those on vehicles, it was an absolute failure because they were pumping diesel fuel right into the filter to clean it out. It would go into what's called a regen cycle. They would do it every about 1,000 to 2,000 miles, depending on how much you drove. And it would essentially light up all the ash in the diesel soot and then burn it out the tailpipe. Made zero sense from a scientific standpoint whatsoever, because what you're doing is you're collecting all the soot and dust and debris and basically ash from a diesel, mainly soot. You're collecting in the filter, and then eventually at a point in time, you're just pouring diesel fuel in and igniting it and burning it off and then blowing it out the exhaust. Made virtually no sense. It made the diesel trucks get about half the fuel mileage. They went down from averaging, you know, 18 to 20 miles per gallon stock down to anywhere between 8 to 12 miles per gallon. Literally doubled the amount of fuel that they were intaking and caused all types of overheating problems, turbine issues, EGT levels, fire coming out the exhaust. Super problematic. So they came in and they did what was called a DEF system with urea a few years later. And they started to have a big giant tank that they would strap underneath the truck and it was filled with urea, basically urine and water, such as what it was, their own little concoction of DEF fluid. Well, that DEF fluid now would dump through the filter, the DPF filter, and ignite somehow with urea and water and clean it and wash it out and then blow it out the exhaust pipe. Suddenly, it's supposed to be, again, so much cleaner for the environment. And again, it absolutely ruined the fuel miles of these trucks. Well, for the last four or five years now, we've noticed that the urea DPF prices has been going up considerably. Back when it first came out, you know, you could get a two and a half gallon jug, which is usually what they sell for a few dollars for the most part. I mean, it was more expensive to buy the jug and the cardboard than it was to buy the urea and the water. Well, now if you've gone on the market in the past month or so, most of those jugs are anywhere from 16 for the cheaper stuff all the way up to 25 to $30 per jug. Now, remember, these, these diesel trucks, it's mandated US-wide by the EPA. We're talking UPS, we're talking FedEx, we're talking semi-trucks, we're talking any and all transport vehicles, we're talking civilian trucks, we're talking F-250, Chevy 2500, we're talking diesel Tahoes. Any single motor that has a diesel truck in it now in the United States has to be equipped with a DPF filter system and a urea filter. Now, follow me here for a second, because this is what I've been talking about for a couple months, and a lot of people are starting to understand what's happening now. Russia is the number one exporter of urea in the entire world. Russia has now stated, as we know, that they basically aren't exporting anything to the United States, either due to the embargo or due to the sanctions, to pretty much a host of other reasons. China has now stated they will not be exporting any type of urea either, because they're basically using it domestically. Qatar and Egypt are essentially the second that are exporters of urea. There's been no reduction from them so far, but that's going to change very shortly. What's happened is now Flying J is the number one service provider for diesel semi-trucks or truck stops in the entire country. Everybody's pretty much seen Flying J rest areas when you're going down the interstate all over the country. Now, Flying J, you can get a map of them. You get an app of them on your phone. You can find all the Flying Js. Well, what they do is because of all these semi-trucks that are running DPF fluid now, they have giant fill-up stations. So they'll have like 500-gallon fuel centers of DPF fluid that the semi-truck drivers can fill up and they can burn their urea while they drive down the road and get their horrible fuel mileage. Now, what nobody's bothering to ask the question is, and I asked this when it first came out, who the heck's controlling this market with urea? Because it literally is controlled by only a few main companies. If these companies decide that they simply want to short the market or they don't want to transport the product or simply it doesn't go anywhere and urea starts going to 40 50 60 $70 a gallon, you will then see diesel trucks come to a screeching halt because it will not be cost effective. Now, here's the interesting part about it. 
Flying J gets 70% of their DEF fluid from Union Pacific Railway. Union Pacific has the single user access to the main fertilizer plants that urea DEF fluid comes from. No other rail provider in the entire country has access to these distribution points. Union Pacific is the monopoly for urea DEF distribution across the country. This means that Flying J cannot go around Union Pacific. They own the market. Union Pacific is in charge. Flying J provides 30% of all DEF consumed in the entire United States, whether at their truck stops or whether sold in their stores to everybody stopping by. Union Pacific now, from what I'm hearing, has told Flying J to reduce their shipments. They're going to reduce their shipments by 50% of DEF and that they're expecting DEF prices to go up dramatically, in some cases 100% right now, in overall cost of DEF fluid. They are now saying that if Flying J does not reduce their shipments and increase their prices, Union Pacific will stop shipping DEF fluid to Flying J, which now DEF fluid and diesel and fuel are synonymous in the United States now with new trucks. You cannot operate it. I had a diesel truck two years ago, and I had one that had a DPF system on it. Now, back in the day, years ago, we used to cut them off. We used to disable the entire system. We'd reflash the tuning. We'd put a five-inch straight pipe on the trucks, and we'd have it fully deleted. And you could drive the truck. It would get 25, 26, 27 miles per gallon. Well, the EPA took it upon themselves now to make it a, now a felony if you basically go in and do this. Now, it's very difficult to enforce this on public vehicles because, well, simply it's hard to say, well, you didn't do it or the person before you didn't do it. What they've gone after now is if you get caught changing your DPF system on your semi-truck that you're using for business, it is like a ten dollars to $20,000 fine, and they can actually take your CDL license away from you. So most truckers don't even go near this anymore. They won't even touch it. They just, they just deal with it. If you have one of these trucks, I've personally experienced this, and you decide you're not going to run it DPF fluid, it has a number that will show up on the dash and will eventually say you only have 50 miles left of DEF fluid in the tank. And you're going to be speed limited to 65 miles an hour once you run out. I personally did this in a truck. We were playing with it. And I, was, I didn't think it would do it. So eventually it runs out and you're limited to 65 miles an hour. It will not let you go past that. Once you hit the 65 mile an hour limit, it then starts stating you to get to a dealership or a service center immediately because within 50 miles, you're going to go into limp mode and the vehicle is only going to run 15 miles an hour. And you're simply going to have to drive on the side of the road at 15 miles an hour in emergency mode in order to get it basically idling almost to a service center. They don't even have to stop the flow of diesel. All they have to do is reduce the production and reduce the distribution of DEF fluid in the entire country. And literally everything will cease to exist as we know it when it comes to pricing. You will start seeing food hit 20 to you know, 200, 300, 400% increases if they do this. Now, it's interesting about this, just to, just, just to lament and make sure everybody gets the point across of what's really going on here now. Union Pacific, as I said earlier, is the main holder as far as of the distribution of DEF. You want to know who the majority shareholder is of Union Pacific? Oh, do BlackRock. tell. Who? BlackRock. BlackRock. BlackRock is the majority shareholder of Union Pacific. The $10 trillion balance sheet asset manager, BlackRock, that is literally owning almost everything in the stock market at some point. They own Union Pacific, essentially. Their target shareholder is BlackRock. BlackRock also controls the fertilizer unit industry in the United States. Union Pacific has exclusive rights to the distribution point of fertilizer. Urea is the fertilizer. Urea is the DEF fluid. Flying J needs it. BlackRock is controlling everything now. 
So what we're seeing here is it appears BlackRock is spearheading the dismantling of the U.S. system and essentially going to use DEF to get the party started, so to speak, and make these prices go sky high. Diesel price can only go to a certain point legitimately. I mean, you can see seven, eight, nine, ten dollars a gallon, but realistically, there has to be a justifiable reason if you start seeing diesel hit fifteen, twenty dollars a gallon. Simply, people just won't drive, or they'll start, you know, basically carpooling. Well, if you really want to control the market, all you have to do is control DPF, DEF fluid. As soon as you control that market and you put any price you want on it, you literally will own the entire entire trucking industry in the entire country now, regardless of who owns the actual fuel and who distributes the diesel fuel. So remember, there's a lot of distributors for diesel. There's also a lot of refiners that are refining diesel fuel. That's a very difficult market to really massively control to an exponential growth curve as far as when it comes to price. DEF, Union Pacific owns the market because they're the only sole distributor for DEF fluid from the fertilizer plants that make this with urea. At the same time, all urea imports from Russia have now gone through the roof because you can't get them as far as pricing. Anything else is gone. So this is why I've encouraged people and I've been telling people, anything that you think you need now, like you were talking, whether it be supplements, whether it be something with weapons, whether it be firearms, whether it be supplies, it is that time to make sure you have those on deck right now because I personally think in the next coming months, we're going to start seeing prices go to a level we've never witnessed before in the open market. Like you said earlier, what they were doing and drilling in 69 and pumping the oil out in 74 was feeding the vehicles in the 80s. This isn't an actual joke. This is serious to them. This is why they said by 2030 they want to go to a full EV platform, even though the EV system is a complete and total failure when it comes to the power grid. I just saw an article that came up earlier yesterday, talked about how a man just burned alive in his Tesla car because the car caught on fire, the electrical system malfunctioned, and the door handles that are electric would not work to open the car door. And he burned alive in basically a lithium battery fire, which is unbelievably hot and takes anywhere from, I think, 10 to 20 times more water from the fire department to put out than a normal car vehicle fire. Yeah, this is the market that they're telling you is super safe and that everybody needs to buy into. This is why they're pushing it. This is why they're rolling it. They know exactly what they're going to do. I saw an article earlier now that came out from basically United Nations Security Council and also from Grow Intelligence. Sarah Minker, who's the CEO of Grow Intelligence, was basically speaking at the UN Security Council. And she said, even if the war were in tomorrow in Ukraine, our food security problem is not going to go away. Russian Ukraine supply combined one third of the entire world's wheat exports that has now stopped. She said, when Grow Intelligence, a global company that predicts food supply trends through public and private data and artificial intelligence, she has stated the world has roughly about 10 weeks supply of wheat remaining on deck. That's what she stated. Now, I can't formally verify that. I just go with what she's saying. Now, whether or not those algorithms are accurate or that's fear point, I don't know. But I do not think there's very far-fetched considering what we've been seeing now. This is why I've got more of the organic food buckets coming in. And I'm trying to literally stockpile them because I have locals here that now are starting to wake up. And a lot of people I know in the community, and I'm one of the only people that can get the organic food buckets. Now, you can go buy cheap ones with the corn syrup solids and all that. You can go buy those, you know, at Walmart and stuff for like $99 a bucket. But as I've always told everybody, if I'm going to be in a situation where I have to be active as possible and I'm very engaged with something and we're already in an emergency, the last thing I want to be doing is eating a bunch of garbage. It's going to rot my gut out and make me feel horrible. But again, even if you can't get the organic food buckets, organic canned foods, organic beans and rice, 
I personally think they're going to use this to try to starve everybody out. And they're going to keep using incident after incident after incident to convince everybody that we need to basically rely on the government. And we have to stick a step back and say, you know, it's best for us. I mean, look at what we saw with COVID. You, I mean, you had the government come in and basically tell people that you didn't have a right to work. You don't have a right to work in your job. You have to shut down because of COVID. We'll take it a step further. You don't have a right to work now anymore either because you haven't taken an RNA gene therapy shot. Now we're seeing this smallpox vaccine roll out. The United States administration just put $12 million buying smallpox vaccines that they're now telling people they need to go in and they need to basically take the smallpox vaccine if you're at high risk or monkeypox. Nobody has bothered to want to discuss the fact that the monkeypox that we're starting to see, if it's even legitimate, all started from a big, giant gay orgy parade over in Spain. That was the main culprit of it, if you even believe a lot of that. Now, the funny part about this is smallpox in the United States has caused zero deaths in the last 40 years. The same with monkeypox, zero deaths. However, if you look, there's been over 5,755 severe adverse injuries or deaths from the smallpox vaccine. What they're rolling out right now is not a monkeypox vaccine. They're working on that, and they've now pumped millions of dollars in developing that for no reason whatsoever. But what they're telling everybody they need to take right now is a smallpox vaccine. That's literally what they're telling people right now, to go take a smallpox vaccine, because there's like eight cases or six cases in the United States right now that they're not spreading. You have to have like direct contact with people that basically have lesions from this stuff. This, again, is to promote the fear porn and keep the medical and pharmaceutical industrial complex going. The money shut off. The spigot shut off this year pretty much for the big pharma companies. Pfizer and all these other companies are now saying, listen, we got used to our $10, $20 billion extra a year that we're getting from the Fed to keep making all these sludge shots that are making people sick that we're completely exempt from any responsibility from. We got to find a way to keep making this money, guys. This is big money for us. They will not stop. They will continue to push this sadistic science on people that is not science at all in order to keep pushing their agenda and continue to obfuscate what's really going on behind the scenes. That is why it's important that people continue to get the truth out there, continue to talk to one another and communicate. Like you were talking earlier with the wiretaps and stuff. I had a buddy of mine, I was over at his house the other day, and we were talking about some very uh, private topics as far as involved to personal stuff and weapon platforms and other things. And we both put our, our basically our cell phones in the other room in a drawer. We had a conversation about an hour and a half out in this garage with no other devices out there. And, you know, we were laughing about it because we, he was funny. He's like, you know, a lot of people think we're paranoid. I said, you wouldn't think you're paranoid. If I knew, you know, you know what I know is when you talk to some of the guys that used to work for the NSA and you talk to the guys that used to work for the FBI, they'll flat out tell you these phone platforms we have, if there's anything you don't want talked about, you don't want brought up, don't talk around them. They listen to 100% of everything you say on your phone. They tell you that on the terms and conditions. Everything you say is recorded on those phones. Your cameras, that's why I always keep a piece of tape in front of the selfie camera and the other cameras on the backside covered up. Those cameras monitor you all the time, 100% of the time. People say, well, it only does it if you allow an app. Now, I found out now from people that I have talked to, those cameras and those mics are on 24-7, 365. If it has access to an internet, it is recording you and it is sending data to data log. Now, is it going for somebody to actually watch and listen and monitor what you're doing? Most cases, no. It's all going into a data log file to build an algorithmic case on every single person. They bring this up in that movie, Don't Look Up. It's kind of a satire. 
where there's a point where Leonardo DiCaprio is in the film. It's, it's got a lot of filthy stuff, and I wouldn't recommend it around kids, but it's got some really weird stuff in it that is really telling. And Leonardo DiCaprio is talking to this guy who's basically like the Bill Gates of individual. That's pretty much who they portrayed him to be, this billionaire that's producing all these shots and trying to save people when in reality he's a complete total nutbag in the film. And Leonardo DiCaprio is arguing with him. He's like, dude, you got to basically – to let people know what's going on about this meteor. You've got to do this. you got to do that. And he looks at me and he goes, don't tell me what to do. He goes, you act like you're in control here. He goes, we have 40 different data log points already built on you. We know every single thing that's going on with you every day. We know about your colon polyps. We know about your girlfriend. We know about your side girlfriend. We know about everybody you talk to. We know every person you've communicated with. We know everything back to when you were a child. We have a full algorithmic database on you on every single thing you do and you want to do. And we know what you're going to do before you even do it. He says that in the movie. When you start looking at what the NSA does, that's why I've told people private conversations one-on-one with people are very, very important, especially if you're talking about sensitive topics that you don't want other people to hear. Use caution with it, guys, because like you just said, with that wiretapping thing, that was old school back then with wiretapping. They don't even have to wiretap anybody anymore. We carry our own slave trackers around with us with these smartphones now. They are meant to do one thing and one thing only, monitor, control, and build algorithms on every single person. And now after COVID, they made it even easier for them to go in and monitor everything with the data logging and the track and tracing and all these stupid apps people are keeping around. They don't even have to pretend like they're not doing it anymore. People are inviting them to do it. Now we have the Q right on point, the CUE. I brought this up earlier on the show on our week that now they have this smart device that records you and everything you do in your home and you can do your daily COVID testing and it'll be sent off to the CDC and any other government body that it sees fit and third-party participants that it sees fit. Yes, literally. People are paying to put PCR test tracking devices in their home so they can do daily COVID testing and get updates whether or not it's safe for them to leave the house and if they are not or they are tested positive for COVID through the Q, the CUE. That's literally happening right now. And the very sheep are buying these things and putting them in their own house. Same thing with Aleska. Those things listen to everything you said. People buy them and put them in their house so they can be monitored 24-7, 365. My friends, don't be using smart devices. Don't be using all the stuff you have to cover up a camera, but sure as heck don't be listening to stuff and having stuff in your house with microphones on it. Smart refrigerators, they record what's in and out of your fridge and listen to you and you can talk to your fridge. Give me a break, guys. We're not that lazy. This country was built on hard work, dedication, ethics, morals, and values. We don't have to have our computers talk to us and our phones and our our refrigerators and our washing machines and our dishwashers talk to us. Giving up your privacy for a tiny bit of convenience, in my opinion, is grossly pathetic, Doug. But again, this is why we are where we are in this country right now, because too many people have given up freedom and privacy for a little bit of alleged protection, when in reality, the protection was completely, totally fake to begin with. And that's why we have to do everything we can right now to maintain our freedom the best we can, Doug. What do you think? Man, yeah. Um, I, I could just let you keep talking. I mean, that, that, that you, hit, you hit it right on the head. Um, I, I want to go back momentarily to the um, diesel, the uh, urea uh, DEF fluid and stuff like that, because I do have some questions about that. 
But to advance forward, though, you know, right now, the U.S. Senate Republicans are, are blocking the H.R. 50, the House bill on domestic terrorism. And it's pretty interesting. Will it pass? Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Um, in some iteration of, of its form or another. Um, but the fact that I'm, I'm looking at this and, and some, of the, the, uh, some of the functions of this bill, again, in the name of security, uh, the actual threat from domestic terrorism, specifically that coming from within the federal agencies is debatable. You know, the, the, what they talk about that is um, there are plenty of laws of the books against terrorism, including domestic terrorism, and plenty of staff devoted to, to that particular task. So we, we, don't need, we don't need this blanket thing. And, but most importantly, uh, uh, diverting highly trained individuals within the intelligence committee, which there are some, okay, so uh, in multiple agencies, just away from uh, pressing uh, actual problems, does nothing to keep Americans safer. This is just a giant surveillance uh, setup that that really emboldens uh, the abuse that we're seeing. So uh, 350, H.R. 350 would empower witch hunts ultimately against everyday Americans. And that's what they're after. That's what they want to do. And they're going to do it regardless of the law or not. As we saw from 75, as we see today, they're doing it anyway. But let's not make it easy for them or let's not codify the fact that they can do it. So that there's that. So, and you're right. I, you know, I'm so tired, Austin. I'm so tired of seeing people uh, just standing around. And, and, you know, they're always on their phone. They're looking at their phone. They're communicating. I mean, I just, I want to slap those things right out of their hands. Because, you know, when I, I mean, look, I remember 30 years ago, that that wasn't a thing. You didn't, it didn't happen, Okay. You don't need that crap, and you, so you certainly don't need to carry around a phone. But okay, to each his own, right? So you want you want to be enslaved? Go ahead. Um, that's why I don't even carry. Well, I don't carry a smartphone with me because I don't. I, I don't. I just don't. Now people send me texts and stuff like that, and I may or may not check the text. But no, I mean th- th- this is crazy. So okay, um, it, it, can, can can we revisit this uh, diesel issue for a second? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a huge issue. That's why I wanted to bring it up on the show, Doug, and really address it in detail because a lot of people that aren't in this industry don't really know anything about it. And it's it's way bigger of an issue than I think people fully understand right now. Okay, well, I've got a simple question about this. Kind of like, I did not know any of what you said, so forgive my ignorance. Would this be kind of like a catalytic converter for diesels in, in a sense? Uh, yes, but way more advanced. Diesels already have catalytic converters installed on them, right? Usually right. really very close to the turbo outlet. This was basically a catalytic converter on steroids. Catalytic converters were designed to function solely by themselves. They have no external input or any type of fluid that has to go into them. They basically function with palladium and platinum inside of them to burn off you know, excess emissions. This is a giant filter, and it's about... It's about four feet long if you've ever taken one off a truck before. It's very, very heavy. It's about 80 to 90 pounds. It looks like something you see on a NASA spaceship. There's massive R&D put into it by some probably of the most advanced individuals, but also some of the most moronic people that actually thought it was a good idea to mandate this. As I said before, it it reduces soot by 70 to 80% on a diesel truck, but it literally reduces the fuel mileage by half. If it's getting 20 miles a gallon, it's going to get probably 10 to 12 after you put this on there. 
Not to mention, you now have to buy DEF fluid. And again, it was poised to this great idea that, oh, it's going to reduce all this soot because it'd be fine. You just throw urea in there. You don't, and they told you, you don't, you don't have to put the DEF fluid but every three to 5,000 miles. That's not the case anymore. All the trucks that I've been dealing with and seen and worked with with a lot of the guys I know in the marketing world, these trucks now are burning through a jug, which is two and a half gallons. They're burning through a jug about every 1,000 to 1,500 miles. It's not what people think it is. And it's becoming not only very, very cost inefficient, it's also becoming very taxing because now I know a lot of people that say drive car haulers and they'll have four or five car haulers on a truck, you know, like a dually, you know, Duramax or a dually Super Duty. You know, they have to have jugs and jugs and jugs of this crap in their truck all the time while they're driving across country and constantly be putting it in. So it's something that if all of a sudden this supply of DEF stops and there's a shortage of it, the entire diesel market stops. It ceases to exist. It does not move within a few weeks. All the trucks literally become paperweights. Nobody's addressing that at all right now, that you have one individual, Union Pacific, that has the direct contract to the urea manufacturing plants that are picking these up, and they're the ones that are distributing about 70% of the entire country's DEF fluid, and BlackRock is the majority shareholder in Union Pacific. So BlackRock can dictate the Union Pacific that they stop transporting this or they raise their cost on it or they reduce how much they're transporting. And literally, they can change the entire world we're in right now with the diesel market, which controls everything you touch. If you touch it right now, if you buy it at a store, you buy it online, if you consume it, if you eat it, it has touched a diesel truck in some way, shape, or form. Uh, all right. Because, okay, so to me, there are two issues here. Um. I'll ask the easy one first, and again, uh, pardon my ignorance on this. Just like, if, if this is a, like a catalytic converter on steroids, in addition to the normal, is is there? Can I, or can someone with more knowledge than me, is is there any uh, workaround? In other words, um, can you, um, you know, remove hot it. wire, remove it, or whatever. <laughs> You, there, there's companies now that are functioning out of the Virgin Islands that sell full straight exhaust pipes for current brand new diesel trucks still. And there are tuning companies out of Canada and the Virgin Islands that still are offering tuning for these vehicles that you can delete the entire platforms and you can operate them, which I know a few people that have done it. I'm not going to name names or bring anything up, but I do know people that have done it with great success still operationally. Here's what's happening now. GM is making it almost impossible to get ECUs. You have to get a secondary ECU in order to do this correctly. GM now is basically caught onto this and because General Motors is owned also by BlackRock, they have basically refused to ship extra ECUs out to dealerships when they've tried to order them because they know what people are doing. Fords are still a little bit easier to do and Dodge are a little bit easier to do, but they've been riding. What's happened is now the EPA has come in and basically strong-armed a lot of the manufacturers to write the code and make the exhaust systems along with the diesel systems much, much more complicated every couple of years. When they first did this in 2008, literally everybody cut it off as soon as they got the truck because it was causing so many problems. And there were really no significant laws to it. It was like just changing the exhaust out of your truck. Well, fast forward from 2008 to 2022 now, the EPA has realized that everybody's been doing this. And when you realize real quick that the EPA is not doing this for emissions, they don't care about emissions at all, because they've actually shown now some tuning companies, again, not going to name names, they've been able to delete these systems 
retune these diesel trucks so they don't require DEF fluid, nor do they have a DPF system on them, and actually make the truck with proper tuning run almost as clean as it did without the DPF system or with the DPF system run almost as clean and yet get almost double the fuel mileage. So you're putting out almost the same amount of emissions as you did with the DPF system in place, yet you're burning half the fuel. The EPA has refused to comment on it in public comments. When they come out now, this has been brought up numerously. And their only response is, we have stated now for the greenhouse gas effects and because we have, we have done the research and the science on it, we do not find this to be an acceptable mo- basically means and you are not allowed to cut the exhaust off your exhaust or your exhaust off your truck and retune it. There's been no credible evidence that they've rebuttaled back to say, no, listen, we know you go from 10 to 20 miles per gallon and the emissions almost stay the exact same, even without the DPF system intact with proper tuning. We're going to ignore that. We're just going to mandate you have to do this. I also found out, too, the same guys that were involved, I forgot their names, it's a lot of the same guys that were involved in this with the EPA back in the early 2010, 2011, when they started getting the DPF, they were also shareholders and holders in the companies that were going to start rolling out the DPF fluid. So it was just like when the head of the DHS was part of the company that he signed on the contract for the body scanners. So he got money from the DHS buying the body scanners and mandating them in airports that he was a company and was basically a shareholder in. This doesn't ever end when it comes to basically the absolute insanity that these guys do with the corruption that are in these elements. So, yes, short answer, this is something you can still do with these trucks. I don't know how much longer it's going to be able to be done, though. And also, too, in some cases where you're in California or other states that they mandate you have to do pollution checks once a year, it becomes very difficult to try to take this stuff off, put it back on once a year. Other states like Florida were still free states. Yet it's funny, we have no emissions or pollution checks in this state at all, ever. Yet we have some of the cleanest air quality in the entire country. Riddle me that. So again, it shows you it doesn't necessarily mean anything changes when the EPA gets involved. It just means there's more regulations and more money that's urinated away through our exhaust pipes, pun intended. Yeah, kind of like Eric after a taco dinner. Uh, okay. Um, don't throw anything at me. All right. Uh, all right. So uh, I know that Union Pacific uh, had done some things, really kind of strange things with respect to the supply chain issues, especially at our ports. Okay. I, I don't quite know all of the ins and outs of what they were doing, but they seem to be kind of slowing things down. And on their corporate page, which we had up about us, they've got the Sustainability 2030 Agenda, talking about, again, this ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governmental um, uh, Agenda Initiative, ESG. Anytime you hear that, just run, because that's not in your best interest. So um, how does that comport with the fact that they've got like over 8,000, over 8,000 diesel locomotives? I, I mean... So don't the locomotives have to have to use uh, the same kind of operation or no? Yes, the same kind of platforms have been being pushed into the locomotive industry. I know they were more delayed because the platforms are much bigger. But you got to remember, if Union Pacific runs these locomotives and they pretty much have direct access to the urea facilities that are producing the DEF fluid, they don't have to run out of fluid. They can control the entire market in their favor. It doesn't mean that they have to actually distribute the product. They can take delivery of it and use it as they see fit. 
There's also been a lot of questions on whether or not Union Pacific is going to start going in and controlling other aspects. It's the same thing I've heard. They're coming in now and just arbitrarily changing things whenever they want, saying, well, we're going to reduce the transport of this. We're going to reduce that. This is going to be a very serious issue. But again, the people that are transporting the urea are the same people that control the entire market of it, so to speak, at the very end line. So they're at the top of the food chain. The direct consumer that drives a truck and transports vehicles with his diesel truck is at the bottom of the food chain. When you start looking at the trickle-down effect, that's when you start doing it. Because Union Pacific could simply come in and say, oh, by the way, due to the greenhouse gas emissions and we're trying to be green, um, we're going to go ahead and we're putting a 200% transport tax on urea DPF fluid now, basically when it gets there. So instead of it being, you know, $15 a jug, it's going to be, you know, about 40 to $50 a jug after our tax on it, because, you know, it's causing so many issues, but it's green and it's science. So of course you got to do it because it's science guys. I mean, obviously. Wow. You know, I feel a lot, more intelligent after listening to you your explanations and and really the heads up on this uh, i again i was clueless to what you you were talking about but now i can see how things are being managed at the upper echelon the one percent of the one percent you know uh, consider too bill gates um owns 10 percent of cn railway okay at, at yeah. least and he's been buying that up since 06 um, okay, so there's no competition. Didn't we hit this? Didn't we have this before? You know, the yes. railways. I mean, like a hundred years, hundred plus years ago, wasn't this a thing? But anyway, okay. Uh, I think okay. So you answered all the questions on this, and, and this is uh, uh, oh man, we're we're in for a world of pain based on this. Um, I mean, I, I can't see anything. I, I can't see anything different. Uh, and, and I also believe, too, with the numbers that are being uh, munged, the uh, economic data that's being, uh, you know, hidden from the public, folks, I got to tell you, things are not going to end well or progress well this summer. By the way, we've got Austin Brower, healthmasters.com. I want to make sure everyone d does this. Please, as you're listening to this show or as after this show, please go to healthmasters.com. Do me a favor, okay? They don't pay me to say this, all right? I'm just telling you right off, flat out. I believe in, you know, I I would never, ever, ever, ever offer a product, a service to to the people out there who are listening and watching this that I don't believe in. I take one nutritional supplement, okay? One brand, I should say, of nutritional supplements, and that's from Health Masters. Healthmasters.com. They've got the best supplements on the planet, in my in my opinion, in my experience. Go there today. Use coupon code hr5 take advantage of the sales that they have uh coupon code excluded for those uh the purple sticks if you haven't tried those what a natural way to to get some energy you don't need the good lines of coke and and you know what if if you are uh jonesing for the 80s you can uh, open up a purple stick put it on the hood of a delorean and take a straw and just uh, suck it up you know that way but my preferred method is to throw it in a bottle uh, with water and uh take it that way so healthmasters.com especially their uh, ultimate multiple vitamins powder whatever even for children they've got it for children so this is a and, and i saw the, the the plants too that make this i'm telling you you could eat off the floor although you would probably get uh, get uh, banned for doing so uh, but nonetheless healthmasters.com and the product of the week is is there on the screen cortisol buster 
you know, we, we all need that, right? We all need our cortisol busted. So there it is. All right. Austin Brower, healthmasters.com. By the way, listen to their show as well, Monday through Friday. It's on the website. If you go to the website on the upper right there, you can click on the, the, uh, the, the, the thing, you know, the thing to take you to the, the program. All right, Austin, thanks for all that. Um, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, we're in a world of hurt, and, and we're going to be uh, – how is this possible? How, how – this is off – I mean, not that we have a script, but th this is a way off script. How is it possible that people in America can look at that Mr. Potato head up there, as I described him earlier, you know, up there, it's, it's two monkeys fighting for one banana – this guy's not, I mean, he, he is in cognitive decline. He's not running anything. He's barely functional. You know, uh, Joey Poopy Pants. I don't know. I mean, how, 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 how do Americans, average Americans who say, yeah, I suppose things are getting better or Biden, yeah, I'm glad Biden's in. Are, are, what the hell? I mean, you know, you got, because I look at people and say, what's wrong with you? I, I, I do that. My wife doesn't like it, but I do that. You know, what's wrong with you? Especially family members. What's wrong with you? You, you think that things are okay? You, you're nuts. I mean, how do we... I, I don't even know what to ask, except this is my frustration showing, so I don't know. Uh, you take it, to, take it wherever you want to take I, it. I think a lot of it has been blind compliance, Doug. You know, we saw this really prevalent in the COVID era where people really didn't question authority anymore. People just blindly took a step back and they said, okay, this is what I was told to do, so I'm going to do it. This is what I was demanded I have to do, and I'm just going to do it. And any single person that even had a mildly uh, you know, authoritative attitude, people just complied and listened to them, except for a lot of people like you and I and stuff like that. But the vast majority of people, out of fear, they just complied. And what I've told people over the last couple months is I said, listen, if you want to see things go from really bad to really worse, I said, keep doing the same thing we all did. And a lot or not, I should say a lot of everyone did over the last two years. And that's blindly comply. I said, if they try to go in now with this, this horrific incident in Texas, and they try to tell you that it's a right for them to steal your right away from you to be able to keep and bear arms and maintain your weapon platforms because this lunatic that somehow at 18 years of age came up with four to five thousand dollars to go buy an unbelievably nice weapon platform and then another one along with body armor and a case of ammo and magazines. I saw the photos from his Facebook post, which by the way is an article that I'm gonna bring up too, about the AI system that they said they've been using in this whole school district. But he has a photo of a Daniel Defense MV7. Now, I've used this weapon platform before. I like damn defense products. I think they're very pricey. However, they are very reliable, and they're very light, and they're very accurate. This rifle, right on, right on their website on retails, it's a $1,900 rifle. And then he also has an EOTech weapon site attached to the top of it, which is about $500. Then he bought another AR-15 that's on top of it, like a backup. Let's say a Bushmaster or an MP. Not super expensive, probably six, seven, eight hundred $700. And then he said he bought body armor. Then he bought a case of ammo. He bought magazines. Well, you run up the numbers on that. He dumped at least $4,000, maybe more on top of that with tax and everything. Where did an 18-year-old that's living with his single grandmother who's raising him that's basically in high school come up with four or $5,000 to go blow on a weapons platform just so he could go and shoot up a school? 
It didn't make any sense to me when I saw these photos of it. Not to mention, ironically enough, the DD MV7 is also one of the rifles that we saw in the Las Vegas shooting with a bump fire stop attached to it, laying on the floor with the other 15 rifles that were thrown in the bathtub and thrown it in the wall and thrown in the corner. And not a single window was broken out in that suite, according to the SWAT team on their body cam footage when they raided the room. No wind was blowing. No windows were blown out. I told her that from the very beginning. Went to Vegas a couple weeks after that. Couldn't yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I've been to Vegas. Their windows are all hurricane proof. There are no balconies in Vegas. They don't want people jumping off killing themselves. Well, no balconies. Well, let me tell you, after a night at the uh, craps table, I, I tried to break one and jump out of my hotel room, and it didn't work. So It worked. Yeah, yeah. it worked. It has to be a controlled demolition to break through it. I, I installed hurricane windows and doors in Amelia Island when I got out of college. I installed them with a company called Windor from ICF Builders. They're unbelievably tough. They can take like a, I think it's a two by four at 140 miles an hour and will not have full penetration to the backside. So you're telling me a guy just went up there and just decided to have plastic explosives and detonate windows out of his room, but then turned around and when SWAT raided his room, there was no, there's no windows broken out and there's rifles thrown around like a madman was in there, all of them with bump fire stocks. So you bought 15 rifles and drug them to the room, put bump fire stocks in all of them. Anybody that has used automatic weapon platforms can tell when you hear that, that rifle going off in the background of the shooting videos from Las Vegas, you can tell it is not a bump fire stock. I used bump fire stocks a ton when they first came out. They're very difficult to keep going in a cyclical rate of fire at high, you know, high magazine capacity. And they constantly have up and down cyclical rate. You can hear that in the video. It sounds like somebody had a 240 Bravo. It sounds like they had a 308 belt fit. It's a very clean, significant cyclical fire. The same thing I asked about this kid over here. Now we're saying that um, basically um, Daily Mail came out of the article. What's the title? Of all these school district was part of an AI program that rooted out potential mass killers and monitored social media for threats and potential shooters. According to the article, Texas school officials had been monitoring the entire school district's social media platforms prior to the deadly shooting, but failed to pick up the post from the gunman when he openly bragged on text and on social media that he had bought two rifles on his 18th birthday. The school shooter, Salvador Ramos, before the rampage, repeatedly talked about basically going on a rampage, then killed a 60-year-old grandmother. The Uvalde School District said they've been monitoring the school's students' social media pages using an advanced AI-based service called Social Sentinel, but somehow missed the killer in a surprising admission of how their focus for detecting danger was completely off. Now, the thing that I ask about the question about this, first off, are we just going to ignore the fact do we have a third-party AI monitoring system that's monitoring the entire school district of underage minor children and what they talk about on their posts, their direct messages, their emails, their texts, their everything on social media? It's basically what they were saying on here. They monitor like everybody's stuff with AI and run it through predictive programming software. We have wait, 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 wait a second. Okay, so uh, let me see if I understand this. Uh, a third-party Yes. Okay. AI program. Third-party AI, and basically, it is from a company called Social Sentinel. Okay. They use AI predictive programming software to pick out and notify law enforcement if it deems any type of threat or mass shooting or any type of school shooting threat that it picks up on from an AI standpoint. 
Yes. Yeah. So that are was they, so, the entire school district, school children, social media pages. All right. Now, apparently, this this uh, monster was out of this out of school, right? But um, wouldn't they be? I mean, are they immune from liability? Um, given the fact that this 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 monster was so uh, verbose in his postings and his right. I mean, he wasn't hiding. So, so there's only there's only two two explanations I can come up with this though. There's only one of two. It's either A or B. Okay. Either A, the algorithm AI software is a complete and total failure at what it does. And it absolutely is useless as a wet paper bag or B it did pick up on this and they did know what was going to happen and they let it happen. The same thing that happened at this shooting is the same thing that happened at the Parkland shooting. Yes. The law enforcement was at the school and did not go in. They kid was going on a rampage in the school and law enforcement did not get in that originally arrived at the scene. They waited for SWAT to get there while the kid was shooting in the school of an elementary school. They they were too busy holding down. And and I read this. I wasn't there, but I read this. They were holding one woman or one man. I don't know the, the, the police presence there actually had him on the ground, him or her. And they were holding back the parents who were begging for 40 minutes. And that's yes. a long time to, to go in. And, you know, the, the parents are saying, I'll go in. Okay. Yeah. Which, okay. So, and we need to have some conversations about the anomalies with these shootings. Look, Los Angeles or Las Vegas. Come on, man. It, come on, man. You know, uh, seriously, we, there, that there's some so many anomalies with Las Vegas. With with uh, you go to Columbine if you want to go way back when or Parkland. You know there are we have to we have to discuss this because there's something wrong here that's obvious to everyone. And if if it's not obvious to you, then well, it, it seemed too too set up to make sure it was just like Parkland. The kid walks in with no restrictions, no security, nobody stops him, just like Parkland. Right. Kid walks with a duffel bag full of body armor, AR-15, mag loadouts, face armor, walks into Parkland allegedly, no security, nobody stops him, walks in unabated. Law enforcement shows up, and then they're basically told to stand down the entire time the Parkland shooting's happening. Exact same thing that happened this week. The shooting happens. They're not even they, – they wait an hour for the SWAT team to get there. A couple of the officers get in a gunfight with this kid, and they run out. So my next question is this then. Was there more than one shooter in this school? Mm. Were they waiting again like Parkland for everybody to get out of the school? Nothing makes sense, and it's a horrific tragedy. And the very fact – the very fact that this even happened – is so disturbing to me. And then they want to sit there and go, well, guess what? We need to ban AR-15s because basically we had an inept police department that showed up. And on top of that, why in the world don't we have any type of hardened security like retired combat veterans? I told my buddy that the other day, I saw a thing on social media. It's exactly accurate. There's 131,000 schools, K through 12 in the United States, roughly 131,000. If you took one of the millions of combat veterans of the United States right now, they're stable, they're strong, they're still active, they're still qualified combat veterans. And you put them, one of them, just one of them, hardened combat veteran in a school system, $75,000 a year salary. That would come to $9.8 billion a year. We just gave $40 billion to Ukraine without blinking an eye because, well, it's science. They, they needed money. They, we had to give them more money. 
So we could have paid for four years of a combat veteran to be stationed at every single school in the country for one or two to prevent this. But see, that's the point. They don't want anybody stationed in these schools. Police stations have armed guards. You go to any type of political area, the congressional headquarters, you go to anywhere there's politicians, armed guards. You go to courtrooms, there's armed guards. You go to theme parks, there's armed guards. You go to any place you go, bank, there's armed guards. The one place with the most vulnerable population in the entire country, you have a sign that says on the window, no guns allowed here. This is a gun-free zone. Right. And then you have an open target platform, and then you have kids that are completely and totally nuts like this. And if I see photos of you dressed like you're in a dress, I don't even know what that's about. Dress up in a dress. How confused is this kid? He's a sicko. Yeah, was it my I don't know. Was that confirmed? You, you know, I, I saw that picture too. I don't know if it was, uh, I, I can't confirm it was real or not. Or, well, he's dead now. So yeah, nobody can really confirm yeah. or deny Yes, But I mean, again, it just goes back to show you this has nothing to do with protecting the children. It has everything to do with pushing an agenda after a horrific attack that could easily been diverted. And sitting here and also asking the question, where where'd the funding come from this kid? Yeah. How do you have four thousand dollars in cash sitting around to go buy a bunch of weapons platform and body armor and ammo and max who who funded this because I, I, I don't know like when i was 18 years old i got out of high school i just have four or five grand sitting around that i could go buy daniel defense rifles with i, I, I can't do buy- it now yeah <laughs> i i mean uh, okay so and by the way the body armor uh, I, look i whatever i read where he had the um uh, the the uh, uh, cloth, but no plates, which doesn't make any sense to me. But okay, we'll go with that. Um, I, I you know I wasn't there. I don't know. But uh, how much sense does that make? Um, yeah, but we need to. We really need to ask some questions about really what's going on. And now, you, well, I, I think Austin, you tell me. I think there will be more shootings like this. I don't. I, I have nothing to back it by except my gut. I hate, I, I hate my, and you know we we talked about this, Doug, a couple months ago. I brought this up, and you brought this up, and I didn't want to be right about it at all. And I said very blatantly, it was like a month and a half ago. I said, as much as I don't want to admit this, there's probably about to start being multiple, multiple shootings again in order to push their agenda. It's funny, you know. I said this to somebody the other day; they didn't understand this. Colt brought out the M16 for the Vietnam War. It was out in available civilian hands as a semi-automatic and a full-auto variant version that you could simply buy with a $200 tax stamp at your local store back in the uh, mid-60s, 64, 65, when it came into civilian hands. The AR-15 platform, M16 platform, has been around for about 60 years. Same rifle, same cartridge, multiple variants all across the board. Anybody can buy them. They were very cheap, actually. And again, you could go buy machine guns. You could go buy an M60, A1, at your store with a tax stamp. Why in the world didn't we see mass shootings with fully automatic belt-fed machine guns and AR-15s and M16s back in the 70s and 80s? Why didn't, why didn't we see any of that? Dude, they were so readily available back then, but we never saw it. We didn't start seeing it until we started pumping the psychiatric drugs like Ritalin and Adderall and Prozac and Zoloft, all these drugs in the kids in the 90s when they started doing that in the pharmaceutical industrial complex. Didn't, didn't happen. Then you turn around and you start doing the social media platform, twisting people's heads. Then you put them in lockdown for two years, make them wear a muzzle on their face, and they turn out to be absolutely nuts. And people don't even want to address a mental illness and what's going on with that. Why, why well do all said. of a sudden rifle cartridge change after 60 years? Why all of a sudden now is it being used? I, I, opened the, I opened today's show with that question, the exact same question. Yeah. What's changed? And, and I think, 
I, I really believe that we are in a, a spiritual battle, and I think this is a spiritual problem. Uh, yes. And we're seeing the consequences of that of, of that taking removing God from from the entirety of our of our lives. And, and I think that uh, uh, we're not going to fix this, which is why I, I suspect there will be more like this. But I also think that there's going to be more like this because of a management of these kind of, of events. And I don't want people to misunderstand me, but I think that uh, you know for for these things to happen. Um, uh, I, I just I, I hate to even think about this, let alone talk about it. But I'll tell you what, um, a lot of this is needless, and, and don't blame the guns because, as you said, sixty years ago, even even more lethal weaponry or as lethal, and this didn't happen. So what changed? Back to you, sir. We we have five. We have about four four minutes left. So whatever you want to do. I'm sorry. Well, wait, it, wait a minute. It, two it, minutes. Two it, minutes left. Yeah, and it, 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 just to break it down in a nutshell, this is what I bring up on a regular basis. People have to start taking responsibility for raising their kids, sending them to these communist indoctrination camps all day, every day, and then pretending like they're going to come out okay when you know they're teaching them unbelievably racist, critical race theory, when they're teaching them transgender ideology. I said this from the very beginning when the transgender push started years ago. I said the entire goal out of this is to confuse and break down the overall mindset of natural laws and what's real and what's fantasy in these young children's minds. If you start telling them that you can be a girl, you can be a boy, you can be a walrus, you can be a fairy, whatever you want to be, it doesn't matter. And you continue to reinforce that behavior as they continue to get older. They have no basis of natural laws. There are no true guidelines or basis of anything. It's just a free-for-all. That's why you see so many very confused, distorted children now all across the country. And if again, if this is a problem with this transgenderism, why in the world did all of a sudden it start? And why is it only starting in key places? Why are other places that aren't promoting this and aren't allowing this? Why are they not seeing this problem? This isn't a problem that's going on with the kids themselves. It's a problem with the indoctrination. You have to keep raising little Americans. And that also means keeping them at least in church and with biblical values, Doug. Amen to that. Austin Brower, healthmasters.com. I want to thank you so much for a a really a rapid hour of information and a lot of good information. I'm still blown away by that uh, uh, diesel uh, Union Pacific area uh, DEF fluid. I'm so, I, 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 boy, thank you for that. Um, But we need to know. Yeah, we need to ha- we need to have an understanding of what's going on. So, folks, make sure you get your products from healthmasters.com. Do it today. Do it right now. All right? With that, I just want to say have a great weekend. I'm going to be working in the field. Please pray for the endeavors of uh, the uh, Russ's team and, uh, and, and our efforts as well. Battle rages. I want everyone to have a great weekend. Have a great extended weekend, Memorial Day. May God bless each and every one of you. Have a great night. On behalf of Eric, the tech, and everyone here, good night.